0: If you want to hear more stuff like this, you got to help Steve. How to do it's over at Lifespringmedia.com. So go over there now, right?
1: Lifespring number 166. Where's the evidence? Hey, what do you say? What a beautiful day it is outside. Now, normally I record late at night, but it's, uh, well, let's see, it's 20 minutes after 1 o'clock here in the West Coast, Southern California, Riverside. Beautiful sunny day out there. Loving it, loving it, loving it. And here I am in the studio. What's wrong with me? (laughs) Hey, welcome to LifeSpring number 166. Let me get this out of the way right now. Last time, last show, I messed up. And I said it was number 166, but it was actually 165. I don't know. Lost my mind. So. Also, I forgot to credit the music on 165, so let's get that out of the way as well. On the last show, we had Michelle Gold with Almost Slipped Away. We had Kent Gustafson with Let My Prayer Rise Before You. We had Recent Rainfall with Bless and Keep You and Carrie Crocker with Brand New. Man, that's bugging me ever since I released that show. What a load off my mind. I did uh, put the links on the show notes page, but I know a lot of you don't even go to the show notes page. So it's out there. Those were four great songs, four great artists, and I have to beg their forgiveness. On today's show, I've got some great music and a story about one of my sons who will remain for the purposes of keeping him from being really embarrassed unnamed. I will not name him on this show. He's got a name. I mean, you know, his birth certificate, look at it. it His name is there. You've even heard me say his name. I've got three sons, Matthew, Stephen, and Timothy. It was one of them, but I won't tell you who. Also on the show today, I'll tell you uh, what I'm going to talk about on the next show, which is something I don't often do, but I'll tell you about that at the end of today's show. You're probably going to really want to hear that and uh, so hang on for that also in today's show I've got some great music and a story about one of my sons well I said that what's wrong with me okay oh this is this is what I'm supposed to say next <laughs> we'll talk about God go figure and we'll talk about ice cream so with that let's move on with a song from Matt Chandler)
2: Feeling helpless, I call your name And you answer again What have I done to earn such a promise To call my God a friend Failing, falling, I call to you I am broken and lost So amazing you've chosen to save me no matter what the cost. And I wonder, yes, I wonder why you came down from heaven to rescue my heart. And your mercy is all that I need. So I think of the way that you love from the start, and I live like a prisoner set free. So forever, forever, I am yours. I am yours. Well, it humbles me just. Call me a son. I'm unworthy to stand in your presence before the Holy One. Silently I hear you calling me. I am speechless and still. Lord, I want to do all that you told me to according to your will. And I wonder Yes, I wonder Why you came down from heaven To rescue my heart And your mercy is all that I need So I think of the way That you loved from the start And I live like a prisoner set free So forever yours. I am yours. Hallelujah, all praises to my King. Hallelujah, all praises My King Well I wonder how you could use Such a sinner as I And Lord I understand that I am just a man But you are God on high So I promise To the damaged and torn Tell them of your grace The sin that your blood erased So they could be reborn And they'll wonder Yes, they'll wonder Why you came down from heaven And to rescue our hearts And your mercy is all that we need So we'll think of the way That you love from the start And we'll live a life Where prisoners set free So forever
1: my mm, That's a good one. Matt Chandler. So where's the evidence? That was my question. I was recently having a fatherly discussion with one of my sons, and as I said, his identity is going to remain anonymous. At times the discussion became, shall we say, animated. You see, report cards came out in the weekend mail. Now, said son has had, well, let's say, a less than stellar academic career. His mother and I have done everything that we know how to light a fire under the boy. You see, it's not because he's incapable of learning. Oh, no. I've seen him learn many, many, many things that, that he wants to learn. You should see him just uh, when he gets a new game for the Xbox. That kid learns what all the moves are, you know, on the, on the controller in no time. He, he learns the things he wants to learn. When he's learning how to play a new song, he learns how to play that thing. He's a bright kid. <laughs> he's a chip off the old block. You see, when I was in high school, I applied myself to earning good grades. I was on the honor roll every single time a report card came out, except for one time. And that was because I got a D in Mrs. Hopkins history class. (laughs) Seems like she thought she should be talking more in the classroom than I was. Thing is, the seating arrangement that she had laid out for the class had me surrounded by some of the prettiest girls in the school. So what could I do? I had to talk to them. But I digress. After I saw that D, I told myself I would not let that happen again. And it didn't. My son doesn't seem to have the same inner drive to apply his mental acuity to something so mundane as schoolwork. The lovely lady Leanne and I have tried rewarding him for academic achievement. We said, we'll pay you X amount of money for every C, X plus Y for every B, and X plus Y plus Z for every A. Didn't work. No change in the grades. We've tried computer tutors, you know, high-tech computer and i'm quoting here air quotes games with multimedia presentations geared to really grab the students attention <laughs> bubkis nothing no change we've tried emailing the teachers to keep us informed when the boy misses assignments we've tried having every teacher sign a paper each week showing his progress we've even tried heaven forbid punishing bad grades your gpa must be above this value or all of your privileges will be suspended No video games, no cell phone, no this, no that. Nothing but bread and water. We'll even ration your oxygen. (laughs) The list goes on. Leanne has wept. I have elevated the decibel level of my vocal communications, (laughs) but to no avail. So the latest thing we tried was to buy this new learning system that they're hawking on local radio here in Southern California. The guarantee is that your child will improve his grade or will return your money. So Leanne places the order, and within a few days, a UPS guy delivers a truckload of boxes filled with notebooks, note cards, DVDs, a parent's manual, a student's manual, and I think perhaps the plans to actually build a perpetual motion machine. This guy, this teacher on the DVDs, really seemed to have the answer to my wayward son's academic woes. I was thinking, after what we paid for this system, he'd better have the answer. So Leanne and I asked my son, what do you think? You think you can do this? Can you work this system? To which he said, I guess so. We told him, if you'll just work the system, we won't bug you constantly anymore about your grades. Work it, and your life and ours will be great. He agreed. He told us he would follow all the steps outlined in this miracle great improving approach to education. We told him that if he didn't hold up his end of the bargain, not only would the days of not bugging him end, but that there would be consequences. Privileges would be suspended yet again, including the activity that he enjoys most. I can't tell you what that activity is or his identity would be obvious to you, but when the report card came this last weekend, the boy's mother and I were disappointed, to say the least. We called a three-way meeting, the son, the mother, the father. Eye to eye to eye, nose to nose to nose, toe to toe to toe, (laughs) Son, we got your report card in the mail today. Uh Uh-huh. What happened? What? Your GPA is so low that to see it, I had to get out my spelunking gear. What? (laughs) If you have a child, you've probably had a conversation that went something like that sometime in the past yourself. Now again, let me interject that this child is really quite bright. It's just that when he needs to, he is great at being the quintessential teenager, complete with monosyllabic answers, accompanied by slumped shoulders and a glazed countenance. Now, I know what you're thinking. No, we are absolutely positive that there is no illicit chemical use with this kid at all. He's really a good kid. He is respectful of his elders. He participates in the church youth group. He usually does what we ask him to do around the house without much complaining. He loves the Lord and really is a great kid. But when it comes to school, forget about it. (laughs) So Leanne and I told him that we would be implementing the consequences that were agreed upon. And that's when he became a bit more animated. But you told me that if I did the system, you wouldn't punish me. Son, you didn't work the system. Yes, I did, he protested. No, you didn't. And then we proceeded to outline the things that he should have been doing that were a part of the system that we had been gently reminding him to do and that he had, in fact, not been doing. And then there were the grades. But I did the system. I did try harder, he said. I said, show us the evidence. Show us the evidence. You've probably heard the old saw... If you were arrested for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? One of the accusations that outsiders make against Christians is that we are hypocrites. In other words, the evidence that we really are Christ followers is weak or non-existent. They look at us and say, show me the difference. Show me the evidence. So what kind of evidence should we have? How will they know that we are the real deal? Is it the way we talk? Is it the clothes we wear? Is it the people we hang out with? How about what we do in our spare time? Is it what we spend our money on? The music we listen to or the podcasts? Is it whether or not we go to church every Sunday or every other Sunday or on Christmas or Easter? Perhaps some of these things might give an indication, but these are not the foolproof evidence that would convict you of being a Christian, a Christ follower. People talk about litmus tests. So what is the litmus test that we're looking for? You know what I'm going to say, don't you? I think so. The person we should consult on how to tell whether we are really what a follower should be is the person that we profess to be following. Hey, Jesus, how am I doing? Am I following in your footsteps? Help me out here. How do I know if I'm living according to your plan, Jesus? Well, Jesus said, by this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. He said that in John chapter 13. So what does that mean? If we have love for one another, who are we supposed to love? Well, in the narrow sense, he's talking to believers about other believers. He was talking to his disciples, minus Judas, who had already left to go betray him to the Sanhedrin on the night of the Last Supper, only hours before his crucifixion. But in the broader sense, when we look at all of Jesus' teaching, we know that we are to love everyone, even our enemies. Remember the Sermon on the Mount, chapter 5, verses 43 through 47. Jesus is talking. He says, you've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be the sons of your father in heaven. He causes His Son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Okay, so loving other believers is hard enough sometimes, right? I know some who are decidedly difficult to love. Some are crotchety, contrary, and cantankerous. Some are self-possessed, self-absorbed, and self-centered. Some are gossips, gluttons, and just plain galling. And yes, I'm talking about believers. You see, Steve, they are hypocrites, just like the outsiders are saying. No denying it. They sure are. But guess what? We gotta love them anyway. Of course, they aren't all they should be, but neither am I, and neither are you. If they belong to Jesus, who am I? to reject them. I mean, who do I think I am? Now who's being the hypocrite? So I have to feel all warm and fuzzy about these people? I have to be all sweet and light to them, smile and all that stuff? Act like we're best buddies and stuff? Well, again, let's look at Jesus' example. Did he always do that with his disciples? Not hardly. There were times when he had to get on their cases In Luke chapter 5, we see Jesus getting after them at least five times in just one chapter. The Bible calls it rebuking. The Greek word there means to reprove or censure or speak seriously or to warn in order to prevent an action or to bring one to an end. How many of us like to have that done to us? Does it make us all feel warm and fuzzy about the person doing the rebuking? Not usually. Did Jesus love his disciples any less when he was rebuking them? Of course not. So love isn't about the warm fuzzies. Listen, love is about action. Love is about doing. Love is about sacrifice. Love is about building up and benefiting the object of my love. It's about putting the other person's needs before mine. Is there evidence of that in your life? Jesus said, by this, all will know that you are disciples if you have love for one another. Yeah, Lord, but you don't know these people that you want me to love. They're a mess. You, Lord, you, I can love. But these guys, not so much. Well, John chapter 14, verse 21 says, whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. So that's the evidence that Jesus is looking for when you say you love him, that you obey his commandments. And if you're wondering about whether he has actually commanded us to love each other or just made a suggestion, let's quickly take a look at Matthew chapter 24, verses 36 through 40, where it says, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two suggestions. No, 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 I'm sorry, I misread that. On these two commandments. Boom, there it is. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, we don't have time today, but trust me, when he said your neighbor, he pretty much meant anyone you come in contact with. If you doubt me, read about the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10. That ought to convince you. So again I ask you, where's the evidence? Jesus is not going to ask you how many times you went to church when you stand before him. He's not going to look at your tattoos or lack of them. He's not going to be impressed with your fancy Sunday clothes or the fact that you don't smoke or chew or go with girls who do. He's going to ask, did you love the people I brought into your path? What did you do for them? Did you go out of your way to help the unshaven, the unwashed, the unlovable, the sinners, the heathen, the outsiders? That's what I did. I loved you when you were in that condition. Where's the evidence?
0: If I could speak in tongues of all nations And in the language of heaven's angels And if I knew all hidden tomorrows And all the mountains would move at my words
3: Without love
0: I gave all I had to the poor ones And laid down my body For all to see If I say that I love you And hate those around me Then I am nothing Empty
3: again Without love
0: by the Sun so let us continue to love one another to love is to know God for
3: God is love by your love I know what it means by your my own
1: You Castile with By Your Love. You know, another thing that I forgot to do on the last show was to play this audio comment. It came in as a result of show 164 where we talked with Mark Miller of the American Alliance for Lost Children. Remember he had uh, just successfully rescued an abducted 7-year-old boy out of South Korea and I got this the very next day after I released the show.
4: Hi, my name is Terry. I listened to the Mark Miller interview. Uh he went over to Korea and brought back young boy Kobe. And I just wanted to share that um, when my sister and I were 9 and 7 years old, he found us as well and brought us back to our father, and we are now 28 and 26 years old. He's been doing this for a long time. I remember we used to go out and sell M&Ms just to raise money to help him. He did everything for free, and my dad would take us out to help him sell M&Ms in the front of the Walmart to um, help him raise dollars just to find these missing kids. He's worked so hard. And um, anyway, it's just very surreal to hear this interview and know that 20 years ago he brought my sister and me home and to hear that he's still at it and doing such great work. And he still has that fire in his voice. He was always upbeat, always spoke about God, and uh just hasn't changed. He's still got that same heart. wanted to share that with you. Thank you. Bye-bye.
3: Isn't
1: that fantastic? I just was so thrilled when I got that. I love to get your audio comments, but to get one from somebody who actually was one of the successes that Mark had was just amazing. So I right away forwarded to Mark, and, and he was thrilled to get it as well. So thank you so much for sending that in. On next week's show, I am going to be discussing, I can't even believe I'm saying this, Oprah Winfrey. Yeah, it's true. I've been getting a lot of questions about her. Uh, You know, what's up with this new book that she's talking about, A New Earth, and uh, people have said something about her being dangerous and on and on and on. And so I'm going to be talking about Oprah. I can't believe I'm doing this. (laughs) I was just going to kind of ignore it because to me, I, I think in my entire life, I have listened to a total in my entire life of maybe an hour's worth of Oprah, probably less than that. But you know, I mean, she seems to be on the TV all the time. So I've never sat and watched one of her shows. I've never listened to her complete a complete thought. I don't think. And uh, so, to me, she's a non-entity. But I guess she has got a tremendous audience. Like I don't know, twenty million people or something watch her her television show. And this this book that she's discussing is pretty amazing. So I'm going to be talking about Oprah on the next show, and uh, who knows? (laughs) I might even give you some weight loss tips, some hair makeover ideas, and how to have it all. Yeah, Maybe not, but I will talk about Oprah. So don't miss Lifespring number 167. If you are not subscribed to the show, now would be a good time to do it. It's free, it's easy, and it guarantees you won't miss an episode. This was sent to me not too long ago. Last week, I took my children to a restaurant. My six-year-old son asked if he could say grace. As we bowed our heads, he said, God is good, God is great, thank you for the food, and I would even thank you more if mom gets us ice cream for dessert. And liberty and justice for all, amen. Along with the laughter from the other customers nearby, I heard a woman remark, That's what's wrong with this country. Kids today don't even know how to pray. Asking God for ice cream, why, I never. Hearing this, my son burst into tears and asked me, Did I do wrong? Is God mad at me? As I held him and assured him that he had done a terrific job, and God was certainly not mad at him, an elderly gentleman approached the table. He winked at my son and he said, I happen to know that God thought that was a great prayer. Really? my son asked. Cross my heart, the man replied. Then, in a theatrical whisper, he added, nodding toward the woman whose remark had started this whole thing, Too bad she never asks God for ice cream. A little ice cream is good for the soul sometimes. Naturally, I bought my kids ice cream at the end of the meal. My son stared at his for a moment and then did something I will remember for the rest of my life. He picked up his sundae and, without a word, walked over and placed it in front of the woman. With a big smile, he told her, here, this is for you. Ice cream is good for the soul sometimes, and my soul is good already. Well, that's the show today. hope you enjoyed it. Music on today's show was Matt Chandler with I'm Yours, Matthew Castile with Buy Your Love, and you can find links to those songs on the show notes page at lifespringmedia.com. You can email me at steve.lifespring at gmail.com and you can easily phone in your comments toll-free at 877-433-9091. 877-433-9091. If you like the show today, I'd be most grateful if you would comment at iTunes or any of the other directories that you find your shows. Oh, and also, it'd be great if you would tell a friend or 20. That would be really super. So, remember, next week we're talking about (laughs) Oprah Winfrey on the LifeSpring Show. Thanks again for being with me today. Till next time, may God bless you. I'm Steve Webb.
4: If you
2: enjoyed this program, will you consider helping to support LifeSpring Media? Details are at LifeSpringMedia.com. Thank you.